Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Arnold and Diane Hooker are field directors with Adventist Frontier Missions, assisting and guiding career missionaries located in Southeast Asia, Nepal, and island countries in Oceania. Their current base of operations is in Phnom Penh, Cambodia, but they also have lived in Malaysia and Kathmandu, Nepal. This couple considers themselves like Aaron and her were with Moses, lifting the arms of the missionaries and working alongside of them to reach unreached people in their region. They call this story Feeling the Sting. It was a peaceful day as we walked along a dirt road near Chitwan National Park in Nepal. We were walking along a paved road with our guide and the guide was just talking about what we were going to do. The birds were filling the air with their sweet music as we, my husband, a local acquaintance named Narendra, and myself were looking around at the bustling morning activity of the village. We're going to take a little jeep ride and hopefully to see a tiger in Chitwan National Forest in the country of Nepal where we were living. I was a couple of feet behind them, just enjoying the breeze on my face and the warm touch of the sun peeking through the trees. We were walking down the road and it was just a sunny day in December. The sun felt good. I was wearing a dark green coat and some black jeans. When all of a sudden, I saw a woman point in our direction and then run. I turned around, but saw nothing out of the ordinary. As I looked forward again, I saw Arnold swatted his head, then his arm, his face, and then he took off running. All of a sudden, I felt one sting and then the other, and I let out a scream, help me, help me. No one can exactly tell you what it feels like to be stung by a bee. And when you're stung by several, it starts feeling overwhelming. It hurt so badly and I didn't know what to do, but I looked up and there was just a cloud of bees above me. And the fellow that was our guide, he was taking off his coat and running the other way. And my wife was moving away from me because I had a cloud of bees above me. And I realized that I had to do something. So I started stripping off my coat, my jacket, because they were stinging me on the front of my stomach and on my back. Narendra tore off his black sweater and ran the opposite direction. For a split second, I wasn't quite sure what was going on until I got closer to Arnold and saw dozens and dozens of bees all across his back. They were on his face, too. 
He had a wild look in his eyes as he continued to run towards the river. I kept running with him, swatting at the army of attackers on him, and yet noticing that this once vibrant, friendly village now looked like a deserted place. No one was in sight, where just seconds ago I had seen families. I knew that I, I had to get away from this cloud of bees that had started to attack me like a great mighty army attacking me. Distantly, I heard a voice yell, do not run. But what other choice did they have, they thought. So Arnold ran. Across the river, I could see two crocodiles laying there on the shore, and I knew that the only way to get rid of these bees was to dunk myself under and stand in the water until they would move away. As we reached the river's edge, Arnold started tearing his lightweight jacket off and threw his wallet at me. I had left my camera and my wallet thrown on the side of the shore and had taken things out of my pockets that I didn't want to be ruined, like my wallet and so forth. All the while, I was frantically hitting the frenzied bees on and around him. I begged him not to go in the crocodile-infested river, but he said he had to and there was no other way. Well, as I jumped into the water, I realized it wasn't deep enough, so I had to pull myself closer to the middle, closer to where the crocodiles were. It would have been humorous in some ways, except for the stings hurt so badly. As he ran into the murky water, my eyes settled upon two very large crocodiles basking in the sun on the other bank. My heart cried out, Jesus, please help. Getting myself unstuck from the bottom and feeling now being stung on the back of my legs and on my backside, I finally found myself in about two feet of water, dunking myself under. Within a split second, my attention was diverted to a loud splash on my left as a man with a coat in his hands was rushing towards my husband. And at that time, someone had come into the water with me and put a coat over my head and the bees had just attacked that coat because my scent had got onto it. Some studies on bees and their attack patterns suggest that it is the stinger itself which emits the scent that other bees, with their defensive instincts, are attracted to. In the abstract, Self-Organized Defensive Behavior in Honeybees, the author states, First, when a bee stings a target, it leaves its stinger in place. The stinger emits an alarm pheromone, primarily isopentyl acetate, which then becomes attractive to other nearby bees that have not yet stung their target. Arnold was the victim of this defensive attack. He threw the garment over Arnold's head as the bees were hovering just above the surface of the water, and he told him to move further downriver. And I pushed the jacket away and went down under the water again and moved as far away from that area as I could. And about that time, the bees, when I came out, they had just kind of made a cloud just above the water waiting for me to come up. So I went back under. At that moment, a woman gathered me in her arms and assisted in getting the bees out of my hair. She also told me everything would be okay and pulled me back from the river's edge. Then, a man came with a bundle of grass lit on fire and waded out to Arnold so the smoke would send these aggressive stingers away. And when I came up for a breath again, someone had lit a torch made from grass reeds 
and it was quite smoky and quite hot and they were waving it through the bees and the bees were moving away. Then they handed me the torch and I moved it back and forth to kind of keep it going, to give it air and also to make it smoke and make the flame come up. We all breathed a sigh of relief as the adrenaline within started to subside and we no longer had to fight against the swarm of bees. And I noticed that someone was helping Diane go down the bank of the river away and they coaxed me out of the water. And Diane had picked up all of my camera and other belongings and she had those in her. But the bees kind of were still coming after me. And, but I was waving this flame. And as long as I waved the flame, they moved away. And then finally kind of moved away. And we had went down the beach about uh, maybe a quarter mile and turned towards the village. And we were being led by friendly natives that we had no idea who they were. Oh, but the story's not over there. As we trudged uphill from the river, we met a man who was rushing toward us. He said we all needed to go to the local clinic and that he would drive us. I was anticipating a horse-drawn cart or a rickety old truck, but we were quite surprised to find a white four-door car. It was immaculately kept too, which added to our hesitation to enter in as Arnold was covered with mud. turned out later that the man was a beekeeper who had come and he knew that the bees were not going to be mad at him. They were already mad at me and mistaken me for a wild pig. Wild pigs sometimes wander into the villages where large chunks of wax and bees nests fall on the ground on an extra warm day in the winter. And then they will go and gorge themselves on the honey that falls to the ground. One of the boars was in the village and I was mistaken for a boar being in the dark green jacket in the black pants that I was wearing. Just then, a man waved to us from his car and said, Come off, you've been stung so many times you'll need to get a shot for anaphylactic shock. The driver insisted, as did Umesh, which was the name of the man who jumped in the river with the jacket. Their persistence and the fast swelling of my husband's neck and face, it really convinced us to go. And so I climbed in all muddy into the car and I said, well, what if the clinic's not open? And Diane slid in beside me and shut the door and the bees at least were outside now. I tossed the torch to the ground. Just to show how good our God is, though, and how detail-oriented he can be, we soon discovered Umesh was a beekeeper, and the driver of the car was the local doctor. And he said, don't worry, I'm the clinic supervisor, I'll be your doctor today. And so he took us to his own clinic, and we got out of his car, mud from one end to the other of his backseat, I felt so terrible. We offered to clean it, and he said, don't worry, I'll have someone clean it. Dr. Prakash treated us all for our stings, gave Arnold a shot, and even assisted in pulling out the stingers that dotted my sweet husband's face. He brought me into the clinic, put me on a gurney, laid me down and took my blood pressure and realized that I was racing pretty hard and thought he better give the shot right away. So into my left arm went this shot for anaphylactic shock. Also, he gave me some Benadryl and some other things and gave some to Diane. 
All I could do was marvel at how God, in answer to my three-word prayer, sent just the right people at the right time to be there for us. There was another man there that had been mistaken also for a warthog. He had stingers in his eyes and all over his face and in his hands and in the back of his neck and looked a little bit more like a porcupine than a human. And I realized when I looked in the mirror, that's exactly how I look. Uh, stingers, now Diane was helping to bring some of the stingers out as the doctor started to pick the little stingers out of my face. Here we were sent to minister to those in Nepal and they were instead ministering to us. This was one of those things when I know that God was leading to have a beekeeper the very time I needed him at the beach and jump in the water with me to help me, and a doctor offering the back seat of his nice car and taking me to his own clinic. After all was said and done, we asked the doctor how much we owed him, and he said sort of sheepishly, $14.50, and we were excited to pay $14.50 for an ambulance ride to a clinic and the doctor himself helping us with the needed attention. What a blessing this day turned out to be as we saw four people respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We thank God that He is always with us and He takes care of us. We're praising His name because of all the wonderful things that He is doing. My prayer is that we all act as the Lord leads, for you never know if a cry of help is being sent to God and you will be part of that answer. AFM missionaries need your prayers every day. Whether it is for safety from traffic accidents, for protections from spiritual attacks from the devil, for healing from disease that strikes their children, or for divine appointments to meet the people that are seeking truth. They also need your donations as they rely on your gifts for their salary and all their mission project expenses. Together, you can partner with the missionaries to reach the unreached for Jesus. To adopt a missionary to your family or to support them financially, point your browser to afmonline.org. Once there, just click on the Missionaries tab. That's afmonline.org and select Missionaries from the top tab. God bless you and thank you for listening to our stories. God bless you.